0: Do you want to wake up feeling like you're stepping into who you're meant to be, into the best possible version of you? What if I told you that the key to your best life, health, and happiness are all around you? You just have to find what works for you. I'm Hope Pedraza, and I believe that there isn't just one way to live a healthy and meaningful life, and that all you need is a little inspiration to make changes that last from the inside out. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tips and inspirational interviews to help you on your journey. These are the steps to take to improve your life and live with purpose. This is Hopeful and Wholesome. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the show. So today I'm going to do a little solo episode, and I am here to debunk the myths. And some of y'all probably know what I'm talking about, but I've been posting a lot lately, just kind of debunking some plant-based myths. And it's funny to see the mixed reactions (laughs) that people have because, well, first of all, some people comment when they think they know what they're talking about and they really don't. And then some people have no idea. Like it's, I mean, these are like legitimate myths that people think are true. So I thought I would go through some today and hopefully open your eyes to a few things and change your mind about a few things. So I'm just going to go through these, tell you the myth, tell you the facts. And when I tell you the facts, I'm telling you what's based on science, like research, not like woo woo stuff or I'm making up stuff where I read it one time. Like, no, this is like scientific studies that have been done. So this is like actually based on facts. So let's break down a handful of these here. So first, myth number one is plant-based diets are unhealthy for certain stages of life. And when I say certain stages of life, this can be pregnancy, lactation, babies, toddlers, athletes, fill in the blank. And that's what people think. Like there are certain stages of life where plant-based diets are unhealthy. This is 100% false. (laughs) This is not true. A well-planned vegan and vegetarian diet is safe and healthy for everybody. Breastfeeding moms, infants, toddlers, pregnant women, old people, every stage of life. Now, the American Academy of Pediatrics and the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics all agree on this. They will tell you the same thing. In fact, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics explicitly says that appropriately planned vegetarian, including vegan diets, are healthful, nutritionally adequate, and may provide health benefits for prevention and treatment of certain diseases. And then they go on to list like all the stages of life that it's appropriate for, which is all the ones that I just listed. It's pregnancy, it's lactation, it's infancy, childhood, adolescence, adulthood, athletes, older adults, that's everybody all. It's, it's beneficial for everybody. So one of the biggest benefits of a plant-based diet is the reduced risk of obesity. Studies show that vegan and vegetarian people and even children typically weigh less than omnivorous people or children And they still grew. So so having your kid eat vegan or vegetarian, they still reach a normal height. It doesn't stunt their growth. It doesn't prevent them from growing. They still reach normal heights and it helps prevent them. It reduces risk of them becoming obese, right? Multiple studies show that those who follow a vegan diet maintain a healthier weight than those who don't. That's just facts. There have been study after study done on this to show exactly how that works. Now, another benefit is that plant-based kids and people, this is for kids and adults, typically eat more fruits and vegetables and fiber and important micronutrients like vitamin C and folate than those who eat more you know, processed foods or more sweets or saturated fat-rich foods. So typically they get more vitamins and minerals. Those who eat a more plant-based diet get more vitamins, minerals, and fiber. And then studies also show that a plant-based diet people who follow a plant-based diet typically have lower levels of inflammatory markers and inflammatory cells, which are linked to things like obesity or insulin resistance or disease. And they have higher levels of anti-inflammatory messengers and cells compared to those who eat both meat and plants, right? So all in all point is I could go on point is that myth is false, that plant-based diets are healthy for any and all stages. And most people who follow a plant-based diet are typically healthier and have more high health markers than those who don't. All right. So let's move on to the second myth. The second myth is that you won't get enough protein, which is completely and utterly inaccurate. First of all, most of us eat more, a lot more protein than we need, especially if you follow like the traditional Western diet. And on top of that, there are plenty of plant-based protein sources that are safe for everybody, all stages of life, kids and adults included. These are things like chickpeas, mung beans, all kinds of beans, tofu, lentils, quinoa. There's so many good plant-based protein sources. Now, now, don't get me wrong. Protein is important. You have to have it to build and repair your muscles and your tissues. It helps make enzymes and hormones. And it's also the building block of your bones and your skin, blood and cartilage. You need it. You need it to survive, obviously. But we just don't need as much as we think or as much as a lot of Instagram influencers want to tell you. (laughs) So how much do you need? Again, this is another lifelong debate, and it really does depend on your goals. The average person needs about 0.36. That's about a third of a gram per pound. So for the average sedentary man, that's about 56 grams of protein a day. And for the average sedentary woman, that's about 46. Now I say sedentary because you need less if you're not as active, right? Now, this is just like what you need to survive, right? This isn't like, you know, optimal, but it's just what you need to not be deficient in it. So that was 56 grams a day for a sedentary man and 46 for a woman. Now, again, this is for sedentary people who don't don't move much this doesn't take into account your health goals either. So this amount may be enough to prevent a deficiency, but if you're active, you would need more. So really, I think a more accurate way of figuring this out is to stick a proper percentage of total daily calories. I feel like that's an easier way for people to grasp it. So a good ratio for protein would be about 20 to 30% of your daily calories. So that means if you're eating About 1,800 calories a day, which is kind of a good average recommended daily calories for just average people. If you're eating about 1,800 calories a day, you would be getting around 100 grams of protein, give or take, right? So that's a good way to look at it. So if you look at 20 to 30% for daily calories, that's kind of the ideal ratio. Now, again, this is going to depend on your body type, your activity level, your age, your gender, and a bunch of other factors, but at least gives you a good place to start. Now, it's actually a lot easier to get that than you think too, right? If you're eating a good whole foods, rich plant-based diet, you can get all of that easy. Now, another downfall or another, I guess, and the the other negative side of eating too much protein, which I always like to mention, because especially if you're all my ladies listening, we always like to hear like, what's going to make you age faster? Because nobody wants to age any faster than they already are. Eating too much protein can actually promote higher rates of both disease and aging, especially when it comes from animals instead of plants. So animal-based protein can make your body age faster, especially if you're eating too much of it. It causes your cells to break down quicker and it just can lead to different issues in the body that can lead to disease and aging. So if for any other reason, besides the fact that you don't want to age any faster, (laughs) eat less animal-based protein, y'all. Okay. Myth number 3 is plant-based proteins are incomplete. Now, you might have heard this before, maybe you have it, maybe you don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to explain it to you. People say this all the time and especially if you talk to like, you know, fitness pros or like bodybuilders or people that are super into like, you know, protein and <laughs> like they, you know, people who work out a lot, you know, I need enough protein. They're going to say, "Well, plant proteins are incomplete." Because, and and you need to combine different plants at each meal to get the amino acids that your body needs to function. This is completely not true. So let me break this down for a second. So amino acids are like the building blocks of proteins, right? So we need a certain amount of these. Some are essential, some are not essential. There's about 20 amino acids. Some of them your body makes naturally, the others you have to get from food. So people who are proponents of of this myth will tell you that, you have to put certain foods together at certain meals to get these complete proteins. This is, this is not true. First of all, there's zero difference in the structure or function of amino acids from plants and those from animals. There's zero difference. However, some plants do have lower amounts of some amino acids compared to others. So they're not all created equal. So for example, beans are lower in the essential amino acid methionine, but higher in lysine. And then grains are the opposite. And which is why people who are proponents of this will say that and they'll say, well, that's why you need to combine you know, things together to get all of those amino acids in one meal. Well, it was previously thought that in order to get enough of each amino acid that you had to combine different protein sources at each meal. So like you have to eat beans with rice to get the balanced amount of amino acids, that kind of thing. But more recent research shows that as long as you consume enough protein from different sources throughout the day, your body is going to put it all together. You don't have to strategically, meticulously combine certain things to get all of your needs, right? As long as you're getting a varied source, varied sources of protein throughout the day, this is from tofu and tempeh and beans and grains and nuts and seeds, you're going to have no trouble getting all the building blocks of these, those amino acids that your body needs to thrive. So. There, that one is debunked. (laughs) Moving on to the next one. The next myth is that plant based eaters can't get enough iron. This is also completely inaccurate. It's incorrect. Beef isn't the only way to get iron. Beef contains about 1.6 milligrams of iron in a two ounce serving. But there are a lot of plant based options that compare to beef in iron content, no problem. So these are some, now, these are from the USDA nutrient database. I'm going to say just a handful of these. So these are backed by the USDA. So I said a second ago that beef contains 1.6 milligrams of iron in a two ounce serving. So let's compare that to some plant-based alternatives. A quarter cup of white beans has two milligrams. So that's already more than what's in the two ounces of beef. A quarter cup of lentils has 3.6. Lentils are super high in iron, 3.6 milligrams. A few ounces, three ounces of tofu has one and a half milligrams. You can eat a quarter cup of kidney beans for one milligram. And then some other foods, you can eat peanut butter and tomatoes, like diced tomatoes out of a can. Some fortified oats sometimes have iron in it. All kinds of beans, quinoa. There's lots of sources that you can get, plant-based sources, you can get plenty of iron. So that one's not true either. Next myth is that soy is bad for you. Now, I will tell you that people will argue this till they're blue in the face. And I I posted something on Instagram not too long ago and I like random like trolls on Instagram, like putting, thinking they knew what they were talking about, which clearly they didn't. But posting like just dumb things that they're saying, basically telling me how wrong I was. So here are the facts, guys the rumor that soy causes cancer, this is like a rampant rumor. And you can look up all kinds of nutrition experts online and Instagram people, a quote, I'm using air quotes here, experts, and they'll still tell you that soy is bad for you and that it causes cancer or it makes man grow boobs or all this other stuff. I'm not kidding. All this stuff is out there and all of it is false. I had someone comment on my video and they said, Oh, it causes male uh, sterility. That is, no, it doesn't make men sterile, guys. I promise. Okay, let me break it down. Soy foods like tofu and tempeh and edamame and soy milk, all these are made from soybeans, which are a great source of a lot of important micronutrients like iron and calcium. Studies have found, actual scientific studies have found that a moderate lifetime intake of soy foods, especially beginning in childhood, can have protective effects against breast cancer in adulthood. So you're actually doing yourself a favor by eating soy early in life to prevent breast cancer later. In fact, the isoflavones in soy have been shown to have anti-cancer properties. They can actually prevent cancer. These compounds are structurally similar to the hormone estrogen and they, they bind to the body's estrogen receptors. And here's where the messaging gets confusing, right? Because they are similar to estrogen, they're called phytoestrogens. They're not the same as estrogen, but they, they are structurally similar. So here's where the confusion is. People believe that soy contains estrogen, and it doesn't. That's not the case. This is not, we're talk, not talking about estrogen, like the estrogen you get from like a birth control pill. This is not what we're talking about. People falsely believe this because it's similar to estrogen, that soy foods have a, have similar effects on hormone driven cancers like breast cancer and prostate cancer and ovarian cancer. And this is just not true. The soy isoflavones act differently in the body and actually possess anti cancer activity that prevents cell growth in some tissues. So it inhibits the cell growth because they block the body's estrogen receptors, which keeps your body from holding on to excess estrogen. And excess estrogen is what's linked to a ton of chronic illnesses and different ailments like autoimmune diseases and skin issues and hormonal imbalances and thyroid issues and cancer. So actually, when you're eating foods made from soy, you're actually doing your body a favor because it can actually block those receptors and keep your body from holding on to excess estrogen. Now, there are some studies that show, and and again, this is like, it's one of those things where it's, it's not like these aren't, a lot of these aren't widespread studies because they're done on cancer patients, and you there's like a limited scope there, right? Of, of doing studies on cancer patients. But there are some studies that show that you, if you have had certain types of breast cancer in the past, you should talk to your doctor about eating certain things because certain, isoflav- certain isoflavones and things in soy based foods can have certain reactions in the body. That's the only instance, though. Other than that, The protective effects of soy far outweigh any risk of all the things that people think they're going to happen if they eat soy, like grow man boobs and get cancer, right? So (laughs) this is just, it's not true, y'all. And I want to like shout this from the rooftops because I think soy has gotten such a bad rap over the years because so many people came out just talking, you know, whether it was ignorant or just, you know, just spreading false information, you know, who knows facts are, these are the facts I'm giving you here. These are based on studies. And I'm here to tell you that soy is not bad. It's actually really good for you. So moving on. And the next myth is that you need milk for calcium or that your kids need milk for calcium, right? This myth is another one that's so common. It drives me crazy. So here's the facts. Strong bones are dependent on a combination of factors, proper nutrition and exercise being most important. However, You don't need milk. Kids don't need milk to get the nutrients required to build healthy bones. They can get everything they need from whole plant foods. And I know this is going to go against everything your pediatrician is telling you or has told you because mine told me the same thing for my kids, but I'm just telling you the facts here. And you can ask any, you know, trained registered dietitian that's well-versed in plant-based nutrition. They will tell you the same thing. So the most important important nutrients involved in bone mineralization are calcium, vitamin D and vitamin K. Both calcium and vitamin K are found in other foods like leafy greens and other foods. And then vitamin D is synthesized in our body from sunlight or you get it as a supplement in your diet. That's where you get vitamin D. You don't get vitamin D from milk. So, in case you didn't know, the vitamin D found in milk, it's added. There's no naturally occurring vitamin D found in cow's milk or any milk for that matter. It's all added as a supplement. So you're either getting it from a supplement that's it's been supplemented in the milk you're eating or drinking, or you're getting it from a supplement like you know, a a vitamin or like a, a pill or something, right? Or if you take the liquid or whatever it is, or you're going outside and you're getting vitamin D from the sun. So I actually recommend that everybody actually needs a good vitamin D supplement. It's been shown to be so helpful in terms of fighting diseases and illnesses. In fact, there was actually a lot of studies coming out post COVID of patients that almost all serious cases of COVID, they all showed very low vitamin D levels. So it actually is, does have a correlation to illness and disease. So I'm getting off topic here, but my point is you don't need to, you don't need to drink milk to get calcium. You don't need to drink milk to get vitamin D. So all of, but again, vitamin D, you're either getting it, getting it from the sun or you're getting it from a supplement. That's how you get vitamin D and milk has so many other side effects and other negative pieces to it. So instead of getting all of that, just take a supplement. If you're worried about your vitamin D levels or go outside for 15 minutes without sunscreen and get some D from good old sunshine (laughs) and moving on to the next one. My last myth here that I'm going to debunk for you today is that a plant-based lifestyle isn't healthy because it's, it isn't natural or healthy because it requires supplementation. And this is totally not true. Now, I'm all about getting everything you need from food, from Whole Foods, which, why I, which is why I'm such an advocate of plant-based meals and eating real Whole Foods, right? I want you to get everything you can from real Whole Foods. So I do understand the argument that if you need, if you need supplements to get a proper diet, then it, you know, it must not be what nature intended. It's not natural, but here's the truth, y'all. Recent food and nutrition studies have shown that the quality of vitamins and minerals in our food is steadily on the decline. And you can listen, there's a ton of podcasts on this. Actually, you can listen to all kinds of podcasts and listen, read articles about this, how the quality of our food in terms of vitamins and minerals is steadily steadily on the decline. This is, there's a lot of reasons here. This can be due to soil degradation because our soul just isn't what it used to be. It's from chemicals and pesticides used in agriculture and it all that affects the vitamins and minerals in our food. So that's just facts. So whether you're taking a supplement or not, the fact is the food you're eating just isn't as quality as it used to be. So take vitamin D for an example. Like, like I just said, actually, I was just talking about vitamin D. So, pediatricians are telling, you know, telling you, you know, your kids didn't drink milk for the calcium, for the vitamin D. But I just, I just mentioned vitamin D comes from fortified cow's milk. It's not naturally in the milk. Cow's milk is not naturally high in D it's added. And the same with, with iodine. Another, this is another important supplement for plant-based eaters is iodine because it's mostly found in animals, but it's also found in plants, but the amounts can vary due to soil degradation. But where most people get their iodine is dairy products. And this isn't because dairy is high in iodine. It's because the cow's udders in the manufacturing equipment are cleaned with iodine-based solutions. So it, it ends up being in the milk, but it's not because iodine is naturally found in milk. And a lot of governments have recognized iodine deficiency as kind of a big issue. And so it's mandated that it's added to table salt. So you'll see iodized table salt, that's why. And it's really because a lot of our... Or soil, you know, it's it's not as widely available in the soil anymore as much, so they have to add it in, right? So, point is, I am def- most definitely a proponent of supplements. But just because you're taking supplements doesn't mean that your your diet is unnatural, whatever. I I think this is my professional opinion as a holistic nutritionist. I think everybody should be taking supplements. I think their supplements have their place. Now, again, it's because of how our food is grown, you know, how it's shipped from all over the place. And even in the cooking process, you lose a lot of nutrients just by cooking your food. It loses a lot of its nutritional density by the time it reaches your plate. So I think supplements are a great way to do just that, to supplement a healthy diet. It's just to kind of fill in the gaps, right? So whether you're on a plant based diet or not, I think supplements have their place for sure. So and at some point, everybody has supplementing something, right? Whether you're eating fortified cereal or fortified milk, right? That's a, That's your supplementing something. So I think getting a good quality, some good quality supplementation, which is really a topic for a whole other day. I'll talk about that on another one. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing unnatural and there's nothing wrong with it. So that is it. That's all the myths I have to debunk today. So if you have any questions, feel free to message me. And then I have some links in... The show notes here for you. So if you decide that maybe you want to know more about this, you want to talk to me more about what supplements you should be taking, maybe you want to work with me. I have a link that you can schedule a free discovery call. We can kind of talk about you and your goals and what you want to accomplish and how I can help. I'll also have a little freebie that you can download in the notes as well to kind of get you going on some plant-based meals, some plant-based recipes. And yes, let me know if you have any questions about anything, and I will see y'all next time. Hey, y'all. So if you've been, quote, dealing with your health for a while, it's time to talk. And when I say dealing in quotes, I'm talking about digestive issues like bloating, constipation, discomfort. I'm talking about inflammatory issues like achy, swollen joints or skin issues, flaky skin, hives, rashes. I'm talking about the weight that just won't budge no matter what you try. All these things aren't exactly part of the ideal health you want, right? Which is what I mean when I say you're just dealing with it, right? You can't really figure out what to do about it. If you want it to change, then it's time to chat. And it's time to chat with me. So you can click the link in the show notes to set up a free discovery call with me to talk about your health, your goals, and how you can work with me to get in the best health of your life from the inside out. Thanks for listening to Hopeful and Wholesome, y'all. If you found value in this week's episode please subscribe on iTunes wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review to let me know what you thought. I'd love to know what you find useful in these episodes so I know how I can provide the most value I can to my listeners. And if you have topics that you want to know more about, I'd love to hear those as well. So shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It's at the Pedraza, or visit my website, hopefulandwholesome.com. Thanks, y'all.